Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to another Pagoda Smashing episode of the Kaiju Cast. I am Kyle, and this is episode number 35, I think. I think that's right. Uh, with me tonight here at the Kaiju Cast headquarters, and it has been a very long time since he's actually sat here and it hasn't been a Daikaiju discussion, is Mr. Jeff Dean from Horror Holocaust Radio. Hello, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, sir? I am fabulous. All right. Well, uh, just a quick breakdown of what we got going on tonight. Uh, we've got a little bit of music, not too much, because last time Jeff sat in the chair with me here, or in the at the at the studio desk, soundboard. Imagine something more grandiose than what I'm describing, because I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, last time he sat here, we actually ended up talking for like two hours, and it I had to break it up into two shows. So that's not happening this time. This is going to be a one shot, one show deal. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the 2012 Godzilla and kind of our thoughts about that. We're going to review the brand new Godzilla uh, comic title called uh, Goliaths, Gangsters and Goliaths, Dirt. And uh, we are also going to talk a little bit about his own podcast called Horror Holocaust Radio, as well as go into some news and some cool stuff, as always. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to set up this next song here, so... Why don't you tell everybody they're going to be listening to the uh, intro to Ultra Q. All right, everybody. Hold on to your hats. This is the intro to Ultra Q.
did I mention that was a remix, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I'm uh, that was weird. But uh, it was funny, so I'm probably going to leave it in. So uh, just so everybody knows, the first two songs, like Jeff introduced, thank you, Jeff, were the uh, the intro to Ultra Q. If you're familiar with Ultra Q, you probably un- uh, are, are familiar with the song as well, and you may have noticed a little bit of difference there. Both of those were actually alternate versions of that theme. Uh, speaking of alternate versions, the second song we heard there, was Dogura versus the Self-Defense Force, of course, from uh, Dogura the Space Monster. And that was actually a version from a CD called Ostinato, which is um, a collection of Ifukube's works. So it was written by Ifukube, but it actually is not the version that appears on the CD soundtrack itself. Mm-hmm. Boring. Let's get into the nitty-gritty, Jeff. Let's do it. Jeff, you're here to help me talk about Godzilla tonight. Uh, Like, you were on episode three, and I haven't had you back as a guest for the longest time. But I have been a part of many of the Daikaiju discussions. Yeah, and I'm super glad that you're able to come to those. It's always a blast to have you there. It's a lot of fun. Well, um, I wanted to have you on, I mean... Not to sound like I don't didn't have any other guest options, but I wanted to have you on because somebody mentioned uh, that they they thought you were a good guest, and I'm like, man, it, when was the last time just he and I sat down and shot the breeze about Godzilla? That must have been my mom, right? Yeah, your mom contacted me. <laughs> I thought so. I can't finish the rest of that one, joke. It's my one fan. <laughs> what about your wife? No, <laughs> no not really. She doesn't listen to anything I do. All right. Well, okay. So everybody who doesn't know, Jeff is uh, constantly here at the Kaiju Cast headquarters to watch the movies for the Daikaiju discussions. But the main reason that I know Jeff is because uh, he has a horror-themed podcast. Uh, I guess you could have called it before an online radio uh, show, and now he's doing it podcast-wise. It's called Horror Holocaust Radio, and uh, the new format change is what we're going to talk about. How's that going for you, Jeff? It is running fairly smooth. Um, as you know, you know, Horror Holocaust Radio started out as a uh, weekly online radio show. We were part of two uh, different radio stations. And then uh, this year, at the beginning of this year, we started just doing monthly podcasts, which I find to be um, the shows are a little bit more meaty. We have a topic we focus on each month. Um, when we're doing weekly shows, they're a lot more kind of free form. Right, right. Um, which is fun, but um, I kind of think, you know, doing a monthly show, you can kind of focus on one topic and uh, just have the the episode be a little bit more full of juicy goodness. So for those who haven't clicked on the link on the right-hand side of the KaijuCast website to go to the Horror Holocaust Radio, tell them what they can find there right now. Um, we have about a dozen or so of our last episodes, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, the last episode that we uh, posted was a John Carpenter special, which is focused. It's like a three-hour extravaganza. That's longer than most episodes that we do. But we ha- we had a special guest in, and we just kind of let it go crazy for like three hours. Who was your special guest? We had Damon Gaynor. Ah, my friend uh, Damon. Yeah, he 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 drove down especially for this, and uh, um, yeah, so it was just a completely you know insane event and that same night we ended up doing a uh, uh a, a fan commentary which we are now doing which you can find on the we've done two that are now up on, on the site 
uh, for the first two Friday the 13th films. I'm going to start doing pretty much one every month. And uh, yeah, so that night he came and we did like a three-hour podcast and then watched a movie for two hours and uh it was a it was a blast cool very cool well i'm i'm uh i'm looking forward to checking that out more i'm glad you guys are kind of back to a regular schedule somewhat yes yes and we have you to thank for that who helped you know kind of get everything going and the ball rolling and kind of teaching me exactly how you do a podcast right well you know i figured it was time to return the favor since you infected my (laughs) brain with wanting to talk in front of a microphone for for hours on end about godzilla yeah, no, because you were a guest on Horror Holocaust Radio about three times, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was three. I mean, one time it was like a full-blown, like, nothing but Godzilla episode, and then the second one was sort of a lot of Godzilla talk, too. Yeah. And then there was another time I just came and hung out in the studio. Yeah, well, I remember the first time you were on, which was about three or four years ago. Now. It, yeah, it felt like a long time ago. Oh, it definitely was over four years ago. It yeah. was it was something like that around four years ago because I would think I was working at DeMarini where I work right now. Anyway, nuts and bolts don't matter. Yeah, yeah, and I remember like because then we were do we had a two hour block time slot, you know, weekly time slot, and you were you came in, and I remember we just did a full two hours, and the time was up, and we could have just kept going. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's I, I like I said I was a. Uh, you mentioned this. I I was on a show called Outlook Portland recently. If uh, if anybody's interested in seeing me talk to a local host about podcasting in Portland, uh, there is an article that I posted very recently. I think uh, last week on the KaijuCast website where it links the videos to Outlook Portland, and I actually do mention Horror Holocaust Radio as uh, my inspiration for wanting to do this, and that was pretty much the impetus for me getting on the mic. So royalties will be coming. You've already got them. That's your website. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. It's pay it, paying it forward, right? <laughs> anyway. Yes. I don't even know what that movie's about. So uh, aside from uh, aside from the fan commentaries, you got anything coming up that people are, might be interested in seeing? Or oh, um, Actually, before you go into that, what did you guys talk about for Carpenter? Uh, we, we pretty much did a full retrospective on all of... Uh, director John Carpenter's films from his early work all the way through, um, not to his latest feature, because he just had a new feature just get released this past week called The Ward. Mm-hmm. And it's his first theatrical film in 10 years, so that's kind of why we did a Carpenter retrospective. So, and so you didn't you didn't focus entirely on horror movies? or? Um, well, we, we, we talked, because the majority of his stuff is, um, you know, falls into that genre. Mm-hmm. And you have things like Escape from New York and Starman, um, which don't really fall into the, you know, horror film genre. But it does. It is very cult. Both those movies. Okay. And anybody who's a fan of John Carpenter, like a lot of people are, who are especially my age, mm-hmm. um, you know, love love him and uh, love all his films. Some more than others, of course. But that's why we did the Carpenter episode because. You know, that's something timely coming out at the same time. Excellent. Very cool. All right. So uh, do you guys do it monthly now, right? Monthly, yes. Okay. And what's your next big big thing you're going to do? Um, the next big episode we're going to do is going to be on un- underrated genre directors. Mm-hmm. And that will be coming out um, at the beginning of July. And we're going to be talking about just kind of underrated genre directors uh, like Frank Henenlotter, Larry Cohen, people who don't get a lot of you know, word of mouth, basically. Gotcha. Everybody knows Craven and Romero and Carpenter, but 
Yes, we're going to talk about that. We also have a a fan commentary um, for Land of the Dead. Very cool. Coming out. We have a special guest on that commentary as well, uh, Derek uh, Cook, who does a mail order zombie here in Portland. I don't know what that is. Can you please enlighten me? Um, It's a podcast dedicated to um, all of zombiness. Okay, cool. It covers comics and books and films. And uh, And TV shows. Yes, everything. Because zombies is they're in right now, right? They're, yeah, they've been like in. the ghoul of the decade. I think they're they're on their way out, but that's just me being like hipstery and saying, oh yeah, I liked zombies when they were cool. <laughs> yeah, so so he's uh, going to be a guest. We're going to be recording that within the next week, and you can find it uploaded probably within the next couple of weeks on Horror Holocaust Radio. Dot com. Yes. Dot com, everybody. Cool. Well, uh, you know, the the good thing, uh, you know, one of the reasons we're such good friends, aside from loving horror movies, is that we both love Godzilla. Yes. And uh, Jeff has seen, I think, almost all the Godzilla films out there. I've seen every Godzilla film. Yes, all the Godzilla films. But you haven't seen, there's some other ones like, you know, some of the more obscure Toho films. Yeah, there's like, it was like the H-Man. Right. Is another one that I have not seen. So, um that's right, because you didn't come over to my house when I watched that, you jerk. I did not. But, but I do now have it, because I <laughs> yeah. just picked up the Toho collection. And and congratulations, man. <laughs> and you. and for the price you got it at, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm a big, uh, you know, huge Godzilla fan. I'm not the expert, of course. I'm not an expert either. I just but, like it a lot. Yeah. So speaking of Godzilla, since we're on the topic, what were your thoughts when you first heard that Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers had optioned a new Godzilla film for this decade. I was excited. I mean I it it's time for more Godzilla mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think any fan, you know, your initial reaction is going to be oh cool. But when you start thinking about it, you're like, "Oh, I hope they don't ruin it." But it's still it, I think it's better to have something to look forward to now and just hope they get it right. Right. Than have nothing at all. I will agree with that. I I mean, I what was the term I used? Hope, hopefully, cautious, cautiously hopeful. I yeah. think is something like that, or hopefully optimistic. I, I'm something very like optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. That's I'm it. very optimistic that it will be better than the 1998 film. There was a movie in 1998. Well, there was okay. in, in name only. <laughs> in name right? only. I, I'm confident it'll be better than that. Okay, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I have pretty high hopes that it will be better than that. I mean, yeah. um. It's just one of those things for me, uh, and I know some other listeners out there feel the same way. We don't really know anything about this film. The only information that's come out is supposedly um, 2012, and uh, the director of Monsters, Gareth Edwards, is supposed to be helming it. Um, I think that's good news. I mean, I was a big fan of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there wasn't very many monsters in it. But I don't think that you know that's not really the point. But I thought he seemed like a competent filmmaker, right? And of course, he's working with a small budget there, and it's going to be probably a fairly large budget for a Godzilla picture. Yeah. But do you think? I mean, what do you think that sticker shock's got to be like when somebody goes from straight from an indie film right into boom, big budget sci-fi, extreme special effects film? I mean, have there been anyone, I mean, have you known anybody to do that? Like, uh, not personally, obviously, but I'm not the Western film historian that you are. So I'm just kind of wondering, is 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 that a precedent that's already been set with, uh, you know, this director did that, and it, he turned out this movie, and it was awesome. 
Well, I think Jim Cameron did that, and to a certain extent, um, you know, young Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first few films they did were extremely low budget, and then they became big hits, and they got saddled with big, big studio pictures. Like, you know, Spielberg went from working on Night Gallery to doing a couple TV movies like Duel, and then he did the Sugarland Express, and then he got, you know, Jaws handed to him, which was a large budget at that time, mm-hmm. and he was completely inexperienced, and that turned out well. And same thing with Cameron with, uh, you know, Piranha 2 and then the Terminator, and then getting Aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's probably a lot of other directors who I can't quite remember who just failed miserably but <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm just kind of i'm kind of wondering in the in the recent years and you know if anybody is listening to the show right now and they're screaming at their ipod or you know their their computer speakers and they're like you're forgetting this guy i would love to know who it is i mean the big biggest name i can think of is peter jackson yeah yes. i mean i'd say dead alive was one of the i mean it was a low low budget film for yeah. one, and uh, I mean, what was what was in between his lowest budget film and his most, you know, his um, biggest his Lord of the Rings trilogy? Well, you think did you, did you ever see Bad Taste? That was before um, Dead Alive, and that's even lower budget. I mean, he was. I like, have seen Meet the Feebles. Yeah, so that that's that's after Bad Taste and before Dead Alive. So he okay. kind of made a slow progression. Dead Alive is a low budget film. Um, but not nearly as low budget as like Bad Taste, which was like he was making effects like in his oven, like you know molds of heads and things. Right, like right. But yeah, but then yeah, he, then he did, you know, of course, Lord of the Rings, which was just gigantic, and and King Kong, and you know he was successful at doing that, making that transition. Right. But Gareth Edwards, I don't know anything else he's other ever done except monsters. That's probably, the only thing he's done. I'm sure he's probably done student films and and sh- you know shorts, but. We haven't seen those. So. Yeah, in a sense, Gareth Edwards is somewhat like, um, and this is just from what I've read. Not, I don't have a a lot of information about him, but he's sort of like the guys who did Skyline, in terms which I haven't fully seen. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but he's sort of like an effects guy or a guy who like knew how to do effects, and he decided that he could he could direct a film. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that, and if he does a good job with with his films, then that yeah. proves that he he is a competent filmmaker. And I think for me, what I'd rather see is I'd just rather see something in between. Yeah. I'd like to see a larger budget picture that proves he can work with more than two people. Yeah, yeah, because uh, this is—I mean—that's a huge step, like you said. Yeah, um, and we don't know anything about who's writing it, right? Uh, you know, the funny thing about that is we did know, uh, they had named the, the screenwriter and he's the same guy that wrote the Expendables and do, uh, yeah, doom. And I was very unimpressed with that news. Actually, I I took that as bad news. Yeah. I mean, those are both, you know, action pictures and doom was just, I mean, I never saw doom. So doom is terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, those are both just, you know, action vehicles. So, oh, Expendables is absolutely a vehicle. I mean, there's yeah. really, I don't, I, I did not enjoy it. Hmm. But when Gareth Edwards got brought on, I guess um, he is he's going to be writing it along with another another fellow, and I wish I knew who that was. You know, if it's going to be a movie released 
in summer of 2012, which is exactly a year away, um, you would think it'd have to be in serious pre-production right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I and and uh, this is actually kind of what brought on this discussion is uh, we've had some uh, some people. You know, I'm, I've been in communication with this listeners, and some people are echoing the same concerns. Like, okay, so this is supposed to come out in 2012. We've heard maybe three semi-official statements to official statements. You know, mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards is writing or directing, doing a little bit of writing. The Brian Rogers interview, and then the official, you know, the official word when it was launched, and I think there there may have been a, a press release about who was writing it, may not, maybe not. And to me, those those are great to hear, but those should be announced at the very beginning of production, and then there should be more information following that. And we haven't heard anything. I mean, really, it's unless it's, it's been flying, a while. unless it's flying under the radar, and things are happening, and they're just not being reported, but. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like we'll get a thing like some news that says 2013 sounds like more realistic. Yeah. So if, they're, if they're at the beginning stages right now, or 2014, it could be. Uh, that could be the anniversary. 60th, seven, yeah, 60th anniversary. 2004 was the 50th yeah. anniversary, so yeah. 2014 would be the 60th anniversary of the original Godzilla film. Yeah, so I mean, I, that would be that, cool. That would give them plenty of time and more and time for more people to drop out and more people to come <laughs> right, in. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, 2012, I think is I, right now. I think it would be a miracle if we see a new Godzilla film in the summer of 2012. Right. Well, I think I don't think it needs to be a summer picture. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a way, a summer summer picture might hurt it. Yeah, it's got a lot of competition. It will have if it came out in the summer, it would have a lot of competition from other big budget summer yeah. movies. Because there's something coming out every week. You know, it's really you have you have a week to prove yourself right. and something else comes in as the hot new item. Yeah, and if they put it out at the same time as another big picture and, you know, it's like an established character that people are going to want to go see or is, you know, maybe some big star like God forbid a Tom Cruise movie comes out the same weekend if he's not in Godzilla. I'm not saying he's in the new Godzilla film. I'm just saying we don't want him as competition. Not like I like Tom Cruise. But, you know, I think it would be great if they released it like in April. Kind of get a head start on, of course, you know, April 2012 is not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely But April 2013, you know, kind of before all these big tentpole movies start, you know. Right. Well, I think uh, I think it'd be nice to have, but um, as I as I mentioned on the Facebook page, I would much rather have a well done film that takes a couple of years to come out, yeah, and and get made properly than to have some half baked Godzilla show up on screen in 2012. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to rush something out just to have something out, right? And I, and I don't think they want that either because I think they want to take the time to at least put out something that's going to be a franchise for them to make money for many years. Really? Do you think that? Because I, I don't get that from, from what I'm... I mean, if you it's... You think it's going to be a one-shot? I mean, you think like, okay, if it makes a lot of money, you think that they're definitely going to be like, let's do a sequel. I mean, that's Well, I think, yeah, do, right? I think if it made a lot of money, it would it would do that. But I, I don't think that anybody making this film in America would not look to what happened in Japan and say, do we want to do that? Do we want to make a sequel? And 
and fall into the same traps that Japan did with with their series as I I just don't I'd rather just see one one film. Yeah. What I'd really rather see is I'd rather see one film in done in America right, a really well done film. And then Japan sees that and says, "You know what? We want to do this again. Let's do it right." I got a lot of flack on the podcast recently for being really harsh on the Godzilla films we've watched as of late. And this is, of course, we've had a a string of 70s movies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, admittedly, that's not my favorite era. Uh, However, this last one we watched, Godzilla in 1985, one of the comments I I made, uh, I said, this, I think, was the best Toho could do at the time. And I do feel that in general... The Godzilla films are the best that Toho could do at the time. And so the 60s films are really well done. They're really well written, and the special effects are great for the time. 80s films, 90s films, kind of the same thing. Maybe not so much the writing. But, I mean, literally, if if you look at the films, there are some films in the like Millennium series that I find are just riveting, mm-hmm. but they just have tiny little flaws. And what I would love to see happen is... Um, a resurgence in Japan in the interest of producing a, you know, a good Godzilla film, something that's a nice, solid entry, maybe bringing Toho back into it. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if Toho has the uh, interest in create another, creating another Godzilla film or launching another, you know, series of films. So you're hoping that this American version might plant a seed in which a ja- a, a, a new Japanese series or a new or at least a new Japanese film, Godzilla film. Yeah, I guess you could say plant a seed. I mean, I I think it would I'd essentially inspire someone in Japan to, you know, and I am not following Japanese cinema very well at the moment, um, but there's been a big problem in Japanese cinema before I think before like um, let's say the '90s and the two early 2000s. I think there's been an issue in Japanese cinema where, you know, most people in Japan, if if you talk to them and ask them what their favorite movie is, they're going to say, they're going to give you an American film. Yeah, yeah. And so what I'd like to, what I'd like to see is a Japanese filmmaker, a competent, talented, and talented uh, Japanese filmmaker, take the helm and figure out what needs to happen in order to make a relevant, riveting solid Godzilla film in Japan. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice. Do you think the uh, the audience is there in Japan? E- yes and no. I think that if Toho decided that they uh, wanted to do a Godzilla film, I think that the audience could would be interested in going, the Japanese general audience would be interested in going to one of these films if it was marketed correctly. I don't know how they're marketing works in Japan, but if it was marketed correctly and was interesting, that's one of the reasons I said riveting, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't make it a kid's movie. Don't worry about making, uh, you know, some crazy cool alien that Godzilla has to fight. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't see any reason why we couldn't have another movie like Godzilla 1985 where it was just Godzilla mm-hmm. being a bad guy or, kind of like Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra where Godzilla comes in and he you know everybody's concerned with how to stop him and maybe some other creatures try and stop him. Yeah. I thought, you know, that cuz that Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra 
um, is probably my favorite Godzilla film. It is definitely up there for me. And uh, I mean, it's just so outstanding. It's something we had like not seen anything like that in so long. You know what I mean? I mean, it was like it was a serious movie. Yeah, it's a serious film. It's got it's got humor in the right places. And you know, I I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't big fans of Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, and I'm I'm fine with that. I understand none of the Godzilla movies, not a single one of them, is a perfect film in my opinion. I love the heck out of them. And I would watch them at the drop of a hat. Anytime somebody's like, hey, man, we should watch a Godzilla movie. I should come over and watch a Godzilla movie. My answer is like, yes. Absolutely. When? Come over. Anytime. Seriously. And, uh, you know, for me, I want to see these movies come back. I want to see them made better. I would love to see... um, I'd love to see these films come back in, in a way that makes the Japanese proud to be... to have Godzilla from their land. Yes. Um, you know, one thing you, you mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago that you were getting a lot of flack for um, saying too many harsh comments mm-hmm. about some of the films on. on well, it's there. not just me. It's everybody in the in the discussion, be, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I mean, and a lot of the films we, we've been watching, like you said, were a lot of those string of the early 70s pictures. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe get offended by that because, I mean, I, and I'm not defending the movies as, you know, being great but i think for a lot of fans of godzilla who are roughly our age group Mm -hmm. those films are very nostalgic for them yeah and and we've talked about that and and, uh as i mentioned in the daikaiju discussion for uh godzilla 1985 that is my nostalgic film i mean that movie for me is and it's not perfect but man it's yeah i can watch that over and over again yeah anyway um so another thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, is Mothra. Yes, um, Mothra. <laughs> we talked about this in your first episode. You really like Mothra. I mean, you love Mothra. Mothra is one of your favorites, and I would, I would, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I would go so far as to say that you overly mo- love Mothra. Like maybe <laughs> I only overly love her because I don't. You know, it's like you love something when you all of a sudden you get defensive. Right. It, right. Well, I, I love Mothra too, Jeff. I really do. But I was just kind of curious as to if there was some... Like, what was your first experience in watching a Mothra film? Um, well, I saw Godzilla vs. Mothra. Okay. 1962. Could I, 1964. Mothra vs. Godzilla, 1964. Yeah. yeah. Or, God, or Godzilla vs. The Thing. Ooh, right? yes. It? Okay. Yeah. Okay, actually, where did you see that? Did you see that at a TV on, uh, on TV? On TV at home? Yeah, like Saturday afternoon. Gotcha. Um. Um, you know, and that's like one of the first Godzilla films that I saw. And, uh, you know, when, when you first saw that, you're kind of like, that is like a strange creature, you know, you're like, it's a moth, which, you know, does not seem like a very menacing, you know, beast. But, uh, um, I always just, you know, enjoyed the hell out of her. Yeah. You gotta love the twins too, the fairies, which are just unique as all hell fantastic song yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> and um but yeah i first saw that film you know when i was like probably 12 years old or younger mm-hmm. maybe one of, one of the three godzilla movies that they seem like they always played over and over again um so i just yeah became a huge it became my favorite of the three that i saw over and over again like cause i think like channel 40 which was the local channel in, in uh sacramento yeah played godzilla vs mothra 
King Kong vs. Godzilla and and Godzilla vs. Uh, Mechagodzilla. They kind of just had like those three. They kind of just seemed like they rotate them, you know, a couple to, you know, every year you'd see those at least twice. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so you've seen, I mean, how many times did you think you've seen Mothra vs. Godzilla? Um, as a kid, you know. Yeah, as a kid, you know. As a kid up through teenagers, probably four, five times. Excellent. I That's uh, actually one of one of the better Godzilla films, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that one holds up completely, too. Um, I'm a big fan of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, um, too, beca- because of that for nostalgic reasons. Right. But, you know, when you watch it now, you kind of realize, you know, some of its shortcomings. Yeah. But um, I had a, I had a blast the, when, uh, I don't think you were here when we watched it, but we watched, it wasn't part of the Daikaiju discussions. I, I basically wanted to show Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla to some of, like Martin and Heather and Justin and those guys, I wanted them to see that before they watched Terror of Mechagodzilla. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I had an absolute blast watching that film. I think that's probably Jun Fukuda's best film. Yeah. Probably his best film. Yeah. Um, just, and uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to contradict myself too much. I do really enjoy, you know, his other films, The Sea Monster, uh, Son of Godzilla, but I do think that after sort of rethinking my position on some of these films that Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla has that best sort of fun feel mm-hmm. to it. Like that whole reveal where you find out that uh, Godzilla is really Mechagodzilla and there's two Godzillas yeah. on screen and what's going on? Like that that to me is is like a highlight in Godzilla's yeah. history. Yeah. I, mean, I remember the first time I saw that, I was just like, you know, hyping out. I'm like, yeah. that is like so... Because I still remember the first time you saw it, I had no idea. You know, you don't, like, you don't realize, like, what is Godzilla doing? Yeah. You well, know? that was, I mean, I we I don't, we can't go too too much into it because we kind of need to move on to the next thing. But seeing everyone in the room's reaction to that just kind of gave me the, you know, the okay. grins. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're going to be so psyched when they see it's a Mecha Godzilla under there. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were. I think they were, they were pleasantly surprised. Back to Mothra, though. Let's... I'm going to work on a segue. Justin and Ian, they do these segues, so here we go. So back to Mothra. Uh, you must be very excited about the brand new issue of Godzilla Gangsters and Goliaths. I am. Because it has Mothra in it. Mothra is a main main monster in this film, it's in this issue. Yeah, uh, she makes a uh, appearance in the issue. And uh, the issue, it's got a great title, don't you think? Oh, Gangsters yeah, absolutely. Gangsters and Goliaths. Yeah. It's just like, it's a great title. So... So this this is this begins our review, our collective review here of uh, of this new issue, which literally just came out today, June fifteenth. Yes, uh, it was written by John Lehman. John Lehman also wrote Chew. If uh, you're interested in hearing me talk to John Lehman, uh, seek out the Emerald City Comic Con episode of uh, from this year. I think that would be the either the March episode. Uh, I think that is the first the the first episode in March. Uh, it was also drawn by Alberto Ponticelli, who is, in my opinion, an amazing artist. Yeah, I thought the uh, the artwork in this first issue was uh, very impressive. Yeah, I loved the art. I really loved the story, and I actually really liked the pacing of the plot. Like yeah, the yeah. way. Um, and if you have not read it. If you have not got, gone out to your local comic book shop and secured your own copy, I highly suggest you do because um, as much as I've been uh, promoting and talking about Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters 
And uh, as much as I love Eric Powell's work in The Goon and as much as I love his Godzilla comic, this one's better. So far, issue one just knocked my socks off. Yeah, I mean, you definitely are going to pick up issue two. Oh, it, it, yeah. it's a great start, and I and I love the analogy with with the gangster. Yeah, you know his little speech about how he is. Yeah, you know. yeah. The this uh, gangster in the, in the comic is uh, sort of he is basically the head mob boss in Tokyo, where uh, our our hero, our protagonist, is is from, and uh, he he's they're sort of having a discussion, and the gangster says. I'm not a monster. I'm Daikaiju. And I thought that was pretty awesome. And I'm going to topple this city. Yeah. He he crushes enemies underfoot. Yeah. It's a, that, that's a nice, that's a great little touch, I think. Yeah. And they did a really cool thing, uh, with the way these sequences happen in, in the book. And it's well done. John Lehman did a fantastic job. Um, is this a new series or is it like a mini series? It's a mini series completely out of any kind of continuity, which actually brings me to my next point that I really liked. Uh, with the Godzilla series, the Kingdom of Monsters series, with Eric Powell writing that, basically this is the first time you ever see any monsters. Yeah. In this book is is issue one, and then you know any monsters that show up, everybody's like, "What are these things?" And uh, in this series, the monsters are clearly part of the uh the continuity and everybody already knows who they are yeah yeah um everybody knows what uh monster island yep is and i i love like on like i think it's like page four it's like a little intro yeah and then it's like a you know takes up both pages the uh like you're on monster island and it shows you oh yeah you you have like you, you get a look at um you know king ghidra mothra batra even yeah, in fact, they say oh, that. Man. They say Makoto Sato gets buried today here on Monster Island, and it's got that two-page spread. Yeah, Fantastic huh. stuff. Really, really well done. I, I cannot wait until this issue. I think this is also going to be another book that really benefits uh, from being collected into a trade paperback format. Um, so how many issues is, is it going to be? I don't know that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, Hopefully it'll be like something like six what do you think it's going to be more than that? You know, sometimes on these uh, on the books that'll say like one of five, yeah. this just says issue one. Um, I believe there are four or five uh, issues, but don't don't quote me on that because I I haven't listened to that episode in a long time. So, how is there anything like that bugged you about the about it? Not really. I can't. I don't think I have any complaints. I mean, I only read it once. Yeah, I do have. But. I have some complaints, but they are so so small. I mean so small that i don't even think i want to bring them up okay um what about the uh, variant covers i know yeah there are three variant uh sorry four total covers for this so far there is the jeff darrow cover there is a black and white i guess called sketch variant which isn't a sketch it's an inked version of the cover uh and then also alberto politicelli has his own cover and for San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to have that issue as uh, that'll be for sale at the IDW booth, I'm sure. And that was done by Mr. Matt Frank, who, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, is going to be on the podcast next month, I believe, unless something falls through. Oh. Fingers crossed that it doesn't fall through. I know the uh, cover B, which I'm holding in my hand right now, yes, is the one... Uh, 
Must be Ponticelli. Yeah, that's Ponticelli's, yeah. This is a great cover. Our hero is running, like, under Godzilla's tail. You can see Mothra and, of course, some other guys who are chasing him in the background. Yeah, so anybody who heard that that episode where I interviewed John Lehman, they, they should know the general plot behind this, and it's very Showa, you know, it's very, it's very cool. It's very, uh, very much kind of like the original Mothra, kind of like Mothra versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it's it sounds like it's going to be a great book. I, I do, IDW is doing some really good stuff now. So. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job with the franchise. I've I've read a lot of people's uh, reactions, not to this book, but to the Kingdom of Monsters book. It's a hit or miss. I think the first issue caught a lot of people off guard in a negative way. They were like, "This is it." And then the second issue kind of helped that along. And issue three of the Kingdom of Monsters series is really picking up steam. I really liked issue three a lot. I hope it- even even though I mean even all that said, this this Gangsters and Goliaths book. Well, this one starts off with a bang. I mean, it's just yeah. like I mean, you're starts off running. Yeah, I think John Layman. John Layman's a pretty good writer, I think. And if you listen to the episode, he said like. Uh, he got asked if he wanted to do something with Godzilla, and, and John Lehman is like, "Yeah, man, I love Godzilla." Actually, John Lehman, he's the only. Uh, he, I mean, everybody. Not, not to say anything negative about anybody, but I asked like who his favorite monster is, and he had an actual answer as opposed to just Godzilla or saying, "Oh, they're all awesome," you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got high hopes for John Lehman. He's a good, good guy, uh, excellent interviewee, and he was super cool to me at Emerald City Comic Con. Um, there's one thing that I'll that I'll mention. A L- little bit of an issue I had, and like I said, none of the complaints that I have made this book any less enjoyable. But I read through it three times already, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, just came out today. Wanted to make sure I was prepared for the podcast, <laughs> and uh, I thought there might have been a little more of an internal struggle going on with the whole stealing of the fairies. But yes. um, hey, you know. Yeah. And that might come later, and I might be eating my words. You never know. Yeah, yeah. That uh, did take me a little bit by surprise. You just didn't quite expect it. You didn't? That's because uh, you didn't listen to the show. You're a jerk. I, I am. <laughs> I'm a busy man. <laughs> well, you know, you're a podcaster, so I'm going to cut you some slack. Um, what do you say we take a break, go uh, refill our, our drinks, and uh, come back with a tiny little bit of Godzilla news? All right. All right. So uh, as as people know, the Kaiju discussions continue every month, and this month's title is The Return of Daimajin. So we're going to hear a song from that by Akira Ifukube called Blowing Up the War God Effigy.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right, so not a ton of news this month. We've got a couple of little stories here I just want to run by you. The biggest one, hands down for Godzilla fans, is that Media Blasters, and I mentioned this last month, Media Blasters officially announced that they are releasing a DVD and Blu-ray of Destroy All Monsters, a classic in the Japanese monster movie era of the 1960s, and also Godzilla vs. Megalon as well. So those are both coming out on Blu-ray. On DVD and Blu-ray. That's, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's that's going to be fantastic. For, for me, it's one of those things where I just, uh, you know, I, I think I said this during one of, the, uh, one of the Daikaiju discussions. It happens to me often. I buy some rare or exported version of the movie, and boom, it comes out on DVD. Or Blu-ray or something. Right? Yeah, well, I just, yeah, that's just... I bought both Destroy All Monsters and Godzilla vs. Megalon from the Australian DVD website Madman, which, of course, they're region four, so I've watched them none. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a region-free player, really. <laughs> uh, you know... But basically, I did that for you people out there. I bought that so that they would, re- so that an American company would release them on Region One DVD. That's all you got to do. Yeah, it's all for the fans, man. Uh, anyway, they haven't talked about special features really, but it does look like uh, they're going to have some. You know, they're they're going to work on extra features, and hopefully, with Destroy All Monsters, I got my fingers crossed that they're going to have the AIP dub, which would be really cool if they had both. The AIP and the Titra dub. The, that would be fantastic. So this is classic media, correct? Did I say classic media? I meant media blasters. Okay, media. Yeah, I think you did say media. Okay, blasters. yeah, media blasters. So if you're not familiar with them, Jeff. Yes, I uh, know who media blasters is. They never return my call. <laughs> 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 nothing against media blasters. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Nothing. And nothing. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, anyway, as I was going to say, they released Matango and Atragon and. Uh, uh, Dogura, the song I played earlier, uh, was from Dogura, and they've released you know a, a handful, a solid handful of of films from Toho's library that are not Godzilla films. So it's it's exciting for me that they're going to be getting their hands on this because I've always thought they did a great job. They actually have uh, some of the special features from the Japanese discs included on their American DVDs. So and they'll subtitle them, which is great. Uh, the Varan disc had actually um, had uh, like a, a featurette with, with the suit maker on there. Wow. It was really cool. Wow. Media Blasters is aces in my book. When is... Uh, Hit me back, Media Blasters. What's the uh, tentative release date? Do they have... Uh, I believe the tentative release date for Destroy All Monsters is October, but uh, I don't think they have one for, um, for uh, a Megalon yet. Yes, tentatively scheduled for October 25th. Wouldn't that be kind of strange? You'll get a Blu-ray version of Megalon before you get, you know, a Blu-ray version of, like, Godzilla vs. Destroyer. I mean, it's just... Yeah, you know, well, you know... At they, least at least it's going to be available. At least somebody's putting something out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, in other news, Sci-Fi Japan actually has an article on their website. Uh, that was actually from sci-fi-japan.com before. Uh they also have a 
an article on their website about a movie called Troll Hunter. Yes. And I have not seen Troll Hunter yet. I have it. I want to watch it. I was kind of hoping to have another giant monster buddy here to watch it, but somebody here at this table has seen it. And since the only other person is you, Jeff. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is a Norwegian film um, about a group of uh, documentary filmmakers who uh, locate a kind of legendary troll hunter. Okay. And they're going to go with him as he uh, um, hunts and uh, kills trolls in the countryside. Very cool. Um, it, it's done in the same kind of a handheld, you know, uh, handheld camera, like, like Blair Witch Project and, and Cloverfield. Cloverfield and things like that. Um, it, it's not nearly as kind of disorienting as that. The ca- camera work is, is actually really, really well done. The, the film is... It's it's not a straight up horror film by any means. There's a lot of comedy in the film, and and, and the trolls are a cross between being half freakish and half comical. Okay, really, but but I, but I thought it was great. Um, it, it's a fun fun film, extremely well done, especially for the subject matter. You kind of think, how the hell would somebody like pull this off? Right, right. and and it is fairly low budget. Yeah, but the trolls look. Um, Pretty damn good, and they're big too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. like, yeah, they're they're big. They're like because when I think of, when I think of trolls, I think of maybe something like fifteen, twenty feet tall at the most. Yeah. But from all these my real are, life experience with trolls, these are like sizes of T Rexes. That's awesome. And, That's cool. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's extremely well done. And of course, it just this week came out that. Um, an American studio has bought the rights to make an American version. Surprise, surprise. And I can't remember who the director was. I want to oh, really? say... They've announced that too? Th- there, w- there was a director. It wasn't Matt Reeves, but... Or maybe it was. Matt Reeves is, is the guy who did Cloverfield and the guy who did Let Me In. But, I, but I'm thinking... I, I Don't quote me on that. I can't no, remember. No worries. No worries. So it's a good film. If uh, if people want to check out the production notes, they can go to scifijapan.com and look at that. I will, of course, have links in the show notes to both of those articles. And it is available right now on like on demand. Right, yeah. And it is getting, like I guess, a small theatrical release in certain cities. Um, oh, very cool. So if you, if, you're, if you check their website, hopefully... They'll tell you whether they're going to be showing it in your neck of the woods. I would love to see that in the theater. Yeah, I think it's like Ma- I think it's like Mag- Magnolia. Magnolia, yeah, Magnolia Pictures. Yeah. The, oh, they're excellent. They're snapping up a lot of that kind of kind of offbeat uh, genre stuff. Um, that's been actually pretty good. But, cool. But yeah, you can pick it up on demand, and uh, I definitely would recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, so that's actually that's that's all the news we have. So we're going to go ahead and move on to some local events. Uh, the PGC3, which is a... You're a member of the PGC3 now, right? I am, yes. Man, I'm just getting all my friends into this business. That's right. We're all going to be there. <laughs> it's a pod... You're bringing us in. Podcrafting guild. <laughs> Podcrafting? <laughs> That's a... I stole that from the mediocre show. Um. Anyway, uh, you know what I did this weekend, Jeff? What What did you do? I was part of the Geek Olympathon. Oh, that's right. This past weekend, uh, initially I wasn't going to sign up. But, you know, the trip to San Diego Comic-Con is in the, you know, is the top prize here. So the basic voicemail of Cthulhu team, the geek, our geek trivia team signed up uh, with the exception of no Jeff, no Martin. Tiger uh, was involved. And we had so much fun. I can't 
even begin to go into it because it would take us way way too much time to talk about all the awesome awesome games there were but it was a lot of fun i cannot wait to sign up for next year is it um, and, and it's all weekend right it's like all day saturday all day sunday correct? yeah pretty much yeah they they were they were nice and didn't make us do anything at 9 a.m. on sunday yes but it was it was it was a lot of fun uh there were there there were tokens involved and gold and silver and bronze tokens and participatory tokens and and a, a drinkathon saturday night and a an awardathon sunday night and uh, it was just so much fun a lot, lot of like great how, stuff how many big gulps can you drink no like- uh <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the uh one of the events was called the uh the great controller untangle you had to go to ground control they had a bin uh, ground control is an arcade for those not in the portland area they had a bin full of controllers that all the cables had been tangled up they said okay you have to play double dragon 2 you have to so you had to untangle it uh, the controller plug it into the super nintendo or forgive me if i don't have the right gaming system but whatever gaming system that was mm-hmm. put the game in turn it on and play the first level beat the first level and depending on how much time it took you to do that you got either no points a bronze uh, medallion or silver or gold we got a bronze it was hard like well, justin it took justin a long time to untangle those cables it's a good thing i did not participate because i would have got zero points <laughs> on sure that game on that one well it was just one person from the team participating yeah. but Man, so it you was get to so pick much fun. Your, you get to pick your team member who's exactly. best representative. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. There was one that was called Comic Book Horseshoes, where they had bagged and boarded comic books, mm-hmm. and you had to stand on one end of the room and throw it, try to throw these comic bo- books into a box. Oh. We did awesome in the practice uh, practice round, and then completely <laughs> choked when it came to the real thing. The pressure was on. Regardless, we came in. Out of 22 teams, we came in third place. Wow. So we did win some swag, which was really cool. That's nice. Anyway, I've already talked about this a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, we need to move on to some other cool things that are going on this weekend at Sunday at Bridge City Comics. You'll know Bridge City Comics from the uh, guys in town who ordered 500 copies of issue one of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters to have their store crushed. They're going to be hosting a signing for Cognition, the Robot Uprise, which is a local comic drawn by uh, drawn and written by two guys from Portland, and I've read it. Great comic, great first entry. I really do have to say, I'm very much looking forward to the second issue. That's going to be uh, starting at five o'clock at uh, Bridge City Comics, and then at eight o'clock they have like a live show they're doing. There's going to be some bands and stuff at Mississippi Studios. Hmm. That should be pretty cool. Uh, if you're in the area, definitely check that out. Uh, the next thing I have to talk about is on June 24th at Things from Another World uh, in the Hollywood District of Portland. Things from Another World is actually presenting an art opening with the boilerplate crew of Paul Guinan and Anina Bennett. Uh, the, the, they're proud to announce an art opening and book preview with local artists who will be special guests at this year's Comic-Con International. Portlanders can meet them without traveling to San Diego at TFAW's Hollywood location at 4133 Northeast Sandy Boulevard in Portland on June 24th from 7 to 10 p.m. Guests are invited to view an extraordinary collection of pieces while enjoying complimentary food, beer, and wine with a valid ID, Jeff. Wow. You better bring your ID if you want some beers. I'm going to have to. 
The art show will feature a selection of prints and rare display of toys and artifacts from Paul and Anina's Emperor Norton Award. <laughs> I messed that up. Emperor Norton Award-winning book, Boilerplate: History's Mechanical Marvel. Have you seen that book? I have not. It's awesome. I have it downstairs. Before you leave tonight, remind me to show it to you. I will put my greasy hands all over it. And you will wash your hands before you open that. Uh, the exhibit will also include a sneak preview of artwork from their upcoming book, Frank Reed, Adventures in the Age of Invention, uh, the chronicle of a family of steampunk inventors. Steampunk, it's very, very in right it's now. It's in right now. We sound very, very old when we say that. I know. <laughs> oh, if you didn't know, Boilerplate has been optioned by J.J. Abrams really? for a potential movie. Who's that? Yeah, I, I think he did a show called Lose. Lost. No kidding. Anyway, uh, they will have copies of Boilerplate available for purchase and signing. Those are our local events. Of course, there's always Geek Trivia, which happens every other Tuesday. Tuesday. We went last night, came in third place in round one. I don't want to talk about round two. It was fun. It was fun. We we did okay. We did really well, actually. Voicemail of Cthulhu challenges you, the listener, to come out and test your nerd might against other geeks in the Portland area. And geek trivia. Yeah, at the Kennedy School. And it's usually, they, they, I mean, they have plenty of room now for everybody. Oh, yeah. That was kind of a problem with the, with Vendetta is that uh, you'd have to get there. It started at 7. You'd have to get there before 6 o'clock in order to get a good seat. And once you sat down, forget about getting up because you just kind of, <laughs> everyone's jammed in there. Yeah, when it got know, really so. packed in there, they eventually started bringing more tables just for geek trivia. It got really, really packed. Anyway... Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. All right. It's been a good time, Jeff. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me, Kyle. It's been a blast. Anytime. We need to do this more. For That's sure. right. And, uh, and I, even if we don't have microphones, yeah, we you can know. just shoot the breeze. I like shooting the breeze. About Godzilla and monsters. I like almost nothing better. I'm not that nerdy, though. Uh, so actually, let's wrap this up and say that if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to get in to the awesome awesomeness that is kaijucast.com, just point your web browsers to that web address, kaijucast.com, where you can find the show notes for every episode, every single episode. Oh, which reminds me, I just figured out how to show up, how to get all of my episodes to show up on iTunes. So if you're one of the guys that's like, hey, how come there are only 12 episodes showing in iTunes? I fixed it. Yay me! Anyway, so uh, yeah, just go to kaijucast.com and check it all out. It's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter, KaijuCast. Uh, the links are on the right-hand side of the website. There's also my email address. You can email me at controller at kaijucast.com. I'm a little behind on emails. Not super behind. I just need to sit down and spend some time with, with my email program. And uh, I do love hearing from everybody. Uh, even even if you got something negative to say, don't hesitate to send it. And speaking of emailing me, if you want to get in on the Daikaiju discussions, you have to email before June 22nd. That is when we're sitting down to watch the return of Daimajin. So there is your official reminder for that film. So again, Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming and being part of this. And I promise we'll get you back on the show as a, as a guesty guest again sometime soon and uh we're gonna go ahead and close things out all right this is uh, a 
continuing on the vein of uh, weird, you know, songs or alternate versions of songs, I'm going to play an Ifukube song. But this one is by a group called the Bukumisha Weird Secret Society. And if you heard me play any acapella Godzilla music before, uh, I had somebody email me about that, and I still didn't know anything about what that CD was. Somebody gave that those tracks to me. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little more research, and I found them. I figured out what they were. It's They're called the Bukimisha Weird Secret Society, and this is an acapella, uh, acapella version of the Markalite FAHP from Mysterians. Say that three times. No, thank you. What I will say instead is Jamata. Oh, <laughs> 
Da 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 da